Good morning, it's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, the bizarro final week of the NBA regular season just gets more bizarro. The Jazz and Suns separate themselves from the rest of the NBA. They have the two best records, and now all of a sudden, they've combined to lose four games on four consecutive days. Jazz got beat at home by the Portland Trailblazers 105-98, one day after the Suns lost to the Warriors which was one day after the Jazz lost to the Warriors, which was one day after the Suns lost. Well, you get the idea. So what went wrong for the Jazz? <clears throat> I think if you boil it down, <clears throat> this was a good example of the Jazz. And I know we can nitpick at key possessions and stuff that happened. I think this is a good example of the Jazz defending pretty well. But they have to put non-shooters on the floor. they got to put guys on the floor who... Can't score, can't finish, and in some of them have in other games, but they're getting scouted. And Quinn references that, and you're going to hear that coming up. I think, or maybe Rudy references it. Maybe they both did. Oh, you're going to hear it coming up in the jet, best of the Jazz post game. Guys are getting scouted. Favorite moves are getting taken away. Plus, they're not going to be good every night. If you're good every night, you're a star. You know, you have a good game, you have a mediocre game, you have a bad game. You're a role player. So, Mione, Trent Forrest. Um, Matt Thomas, a combined two of 13, mostly Forrest. He was one of nine. Uh, but those guys played almost uh, almost 40 minutes, and they were combined two of 13. The, clearly, the Blazers were helping off uh, Mione and off of Forrest. Uh, clearly. And that jams things up when other guys want to drive, and the Blazers are switching, and the Jazz are trying to beat them off the dribble. And the guys who are really good at that, Donovan Mitchell and, and Mike Conley, aren't playing. But some of the other guys can do it. Joe does it once in a while. Bogey, uh, Clarkson, certainly. And uh, it's tough, though, because they're finding that there's more help defenders and more of a crowd because some of the guys are non-shooters. I mean, we're kind of back into the whole Derek Favors at four Ricky Rubio era. You know, where well, you're playing three on five or four on five, depending on how the, the rotation's working in that particular stretch of the game. 98 points just isn't a winning number. Um, Jazz don't win very often. Nobody in the NBA wins very often these days when they score under 100 points. And the Jazz, <laughs> the Jazz had to get going in garbage time to get to 98. I really thought there was a timeout and they were down double digits and they were stuck on 81 points in the middle of the fourth quarter. The first quarter was pretty good. The Jazz were up 31-24. They had some stuff going. But they got to use their starters and guys you regularly see out on the court. They went down the bench starting the second quarter, and that's when things started getting mucked up. The seven-point lead was a three-point deficit at halftime. And then the Blazers slowly pulled away from there. You just can't be stuck on 81 points in the middle of the fourth quarter and think you're going to be there. Now you'll say, what's going on? And I think it's pretty simple. You know, Conley and Mitchell didn't play. And they would have gotten all the minutes from Mieoni and from Trent Forrest and from Matt Thomas. They would have gotten all those minutes. And they would have taken some minutes off some of the other guys who are playing bigger minutes. You know, uh, and Yang is playing bigger minutes. Maybe Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles picking up a few minutes as well. And so they had those guys to be in better shape. I mean, if they up and traded those two All-Stars for three role guys, everybody would be up in arms. What are you doing? Well, that's essentially what injuries have forced them into. And it better be healthy for the playoffs because this clearly isn't working. It hasn't worked against two teams during the playoffs. We've been talking about how good the eight teams are. And you know, I thought the Jazz defended. And, you know, in the post game, there was a lot about um, from Rudy Gobert and Bojan Bogdanovic. 
about, hey, I thought we defended well. We only gave up 105 points. They cited, they cited a lot of the same points. I think they were the points Quinn cited in his postgame message, message to the team. Don't get too down. We did some good things. We defended well. Um, I think Quinn knew the points were going to be hard to come by and the good shots were hard to be, come by. And I think you've seen stuff out there. Several people, I put it out there, but so have several other people on social media, of Quinn just flinching big time when Joe Ingles passed up an open shot because it was so hard to get open shots for his best players. So the Jazz get beat. Now are the Suns going to beat the Blazers? Blazers have it going. You know, this was partly about the Jazz struggling and the Jazz injuries. Uh, but, you know, as, as both... Uh, Bogdanovich and Gobert pointed out Blazers made a lot of contested shots and um, I had to find in TV cover video you know they say it so you got to show picture I had no problem I went right to a stretch of, of the late first early second quarter and I saw that McCollum had scored there and Lillard had scored there and I checked the shots and sure enough they're all contested every last one I put three of them right on TV last night so, now the good news for the Jazz is the bar gets lowered Friday, Oklahoma City. If you can't beat Oklahoma City, then you're really in trouble. Then you are really in serious trouble. So the magic number stays at two. We'll see if the Suns will help the Jazz back into this baby and see how they handle the Blazers tonight. Blazers have won nine of their last ten. All right, we're going to take a break. More on this game coming up. we got the best of the post-game show uh, on the way. And also... Time to talk with Tim Lacombe. Hear him on uh, the Jazz pre, half, and post game, and we will talk with him next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5, 1280, The Zone. Time to uh, hear from Tim Lacombe. PK and I had him on late in the show yesterday, former BYU assistant. He was on Rickman Jarris' staff at Utah. He's now on our Jazz pre-half and post-game shows. And uh, Tim had a lot to say. Big picture stuff. Obviously, they hadn't lost the Blazers, and everybody had high hopes at this point. Uh, but big big picture stuff as far as what the Jazz are struggling with here at the end of the year and what they need to do to be ready for the playoffs. Here's Tim Lacombe with PK and I. Tim, good morning. Good morning. How we doing, guys? We're doing well. We're doing well. PK and I seem to be a little healthier than Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, and Jawan Morgan. We're all out tonight. And Donovan is out for the rest of the regular season. And we're just curious, your level of concern. Um, for Donovan's health in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of something clever to say, but I'm not really concerned. I think, uh, I mean, obviously it's a little bit more than than what we'd hoped in terms of an ankle. Um, but I just, from my experience, I think this is a perfect time and uh, to rest him, you know, get him healthy, especially if Phoenix keeps playing along. You know, it's, uh, it's kind of like when you have a, a really good player out of a game um, with foul trouble or maybe his ankle's hurting him a little bit and you've got a big lead and there's no reason to put him back in. Um, to jeopardize anything, and I think that's kind of where we are. Uh, I look at that last that that week that we've never really had before prior to the playoffs. The Jazz will have, um, and 
I think that's going to be a magical week where everybody uh, sings Kumbaya and healing thoughts and therapies go through the team and everybody's ready to roll by the playoffs. That's kind of my hope. So, Tim, you're you're a rock and roller. Everybody knows that. And the 2021 inductees, we got Tina Turner, Todd Rudgren, the Foo Fighters. We got Carol King. And then we've got the Go-Go's. How in the world can the Go-Go's be mentioned at the same level with Carol King? I don't understand that. No offense to the Go-Go's, but Carol King should have been in a long time ago compared to the Go-Go's. That's the real travesty of the morning. I think that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing's gone off the rails years ago. I mean, I think it was just a year or so ago they put Rush in, for heaven's sakes. Um, how can <laughs> and you they should have never put him in, I agree. Who? <laughs> you know, you know, you're just pulling the pin on the grenade at that point, man. The Rush fans, they are hardcore. Oh, they're he just, well, they're he, coming and for he's you. The best too, because he he reached in, pulled the pin, and ran to the other room. Which is my favorite <laughs> thing about him. Rush, yeah. Can, can you just play fingernails on a chalkboard instead? That would be a lot more fun. Well. They're talented, talented fingernails on the chalkboard. Let's put it that way. But how do you have the Go Go's at the same level of Carol King? Come on, it's ridiculous. I know, man. There needs to be like wings. There needs to be like bubblegum wing. You know, uh, heart and soul, like blood and guts. But Go Go's would definitely be in the bubblegum wing for for sure. Tapestry versus our lips are sealed. But it, but it is like a, it's like an art museum. You know, you go through and. It's to everybody. You know, there's a lot of fans of the Go-Go's out there. They'll be thrilled. And uh, and they, so you can just walk right by that painting if you want to. Just go study the Van Gogh. <laughs> They're there because they got the beat. That's it. Bottom line. Does seem like they should have stayed on top everybody, for another. Everybody, get off your feet. Does seem like they should have stayed on top for another decade for this to happen. But, oh, well. I think Belinda Cole, I'll just throw the fault that she's Belinda Carlisle should be in. In any capacity. <laughs> but that, that's for another show. Yeah, that, that's inappropriate, Tim. No, Strike she, that she from the wonderful. She was wonderful. <laughs> All right, if I got to talk basketball, I will. Uh, you had uh, Majerus as a heavy influence. How difficult is it knowing what Majerus would think for a coach like Quinn Snyder to just say, Jordan, you're in. There's the ball and there's the basket. Go at it. Well, I think it's unique. Um, Jordan spoke to it, you know, this year many times that he really does feel like he's found a place that understands him. Um, And, you know, I know the book on him is he's going to shoot it every time he gets it. And, you know, I think sometimes – that wears thin on on fans and people that watch. But, you know, what happened in the fourth quarter the other night is what excites me about Jordan and why I'm a big fan because the guy's relentless at going to get baskets. And, um, you know, sometimes he struggles. He doesn't take different shots. They're the same shots. Some nights they go in and sometimes they don't. But he's going to give you a great effort. And where I'm – feel like Jordan's made a major step is I think he's really trying harder defensively. I noticed last week in a couple of games, you know, there's some responsibility when you're off the ball, um, you know, to have to to protect somebody that goes to give a little bit of help and you're always kind of on a string. So 
if there's, you know, two guys that step to help, you know, you've got to step toward it and kind of be a stunt guy. Um, and Jordan's doing an awesome job at stuff like that. I and mean, I just didn't feel like he was doing a whole lot of that when he got here. So those are the little things. I know, I know people want him to find available guys more and that sort of thing. But I think Jordan's going to be so valuable when it comes to playoff time um, because he feels no pressure. And just like the other night, he can turn a really tough night into a, uh, you know, amazing night in one quarter. And so that's why it's fun to watch him. That's why I'm glad he's on the Jazz. And, again, another guy, he and Bojan in the same, you know, not the same calendar week, but within a week, they score 40. And they're ancillary, you know, quote-unquote ancillary players. You're not your front-line guy. So, I don't know if we've ever had that situation. We've had a couple different guys that could go for 40. And that's certainly exciting when you think about uh, what that can do for the Jazz in the playoffs. So Jordan hasn't had great playoffs in the past. Now he hasn't had a lot of them, right? A little bit with Cleveland, a little bit in the bubble. So do you think this is going to be different than those? you think it's going to be a little off the charts here? I mean, he shot a little under 35 percent from three in the bubble, which isn't a great number, but I think especially when you consider in the bubble, we saw so many guys shoot better, you know, no travel, a shooting background, no fans, all that kind of stuff. But you think yeah, he could really couple, go off? A couple things I think that play in his favor. Mm-hmm. He's going to be playing a lot more games at home, you know, in this situation, and they're going to be the one seed, it looks like, man. I don't want to jinx them, but Phoenix keeps playing along, so that's good. Um but I think, you know, again, he can look at Quinn and Quinn can look at him and there's an understanding. And I don't feel like he's ever felt like he's had that before. So um, his confidence is, is an all-time high. You know, I don't think he thinks one bit about missing a shot. And um, that's all good stuff. You know, I'm not going to say he's going to have this great playoff run, but I'm telling you, he's he's going to be important because he's one the one guy out there that doesn't feel the pressure. I really believe it. I think he comes out, he's the same guy every night. Um, and that kind of thing can really help, especially when you get in tough situations. Yeah, it can. And then I, I think that, too, uh, They and this goes for just about every player out there, uh, we saw the other night there was a lot of pressure on him to get that team back, and he did. So... You know, I don't know that I necessarily worry about past playoff performances because if I got Conley and Mitchell in the lineup for the start of the playoffs, don't you think that that really eases the burden on everybody else? Yeah, it, it should, right? In a perfect world, maybe the question is going to be, especially with Donovan not making it back, um, you know, for the rest of the season. Um, you know that last, that week's going to be really important because then you've got all you've got that period of time. Hopefully, you can be healthy and play. But yeah, I think the pressure, unfortunately, and it's just the way this this works, is the pressure goes to the the guys with the with the most. Um, you know, the, the kind of bring the most to the table. And I think Donovan's always going to be number one on the scouting report when he's healthy for the Jazz. Um, and Mike Conley's a, such a key because he's had 13 years in the league. He's played in the playoffs. You know, he's a veteran. So he can handle a lot of that pressure, too. Um, your guy Joe has been unbelievably good, you know, since Donovan's been out. And he hasn't been 
you know, hasn't just been putting up eye-popping numbers. But if you watch one of the game plan things uh, against Joe is they pick him up full court and make him bring that thing, um, you know, wear out energy and make him really kind of, you know, think about every dribble. And I think Joe's been great. You know, he had a couple turnovers late in a game the other night that the Jazz won. Um, But he's, he's handled the ball the majority of the time. Trent Forrest has helped some. But that's really a, a real thing that the Jazz will benefit from, too, is getting Mike back on the ball, Donovan back on the ball, you know, Joe being able to handle the ball some, but still, you know, still get the ability to shoot, catch and shoot threes. And then, of course, uh, it allows Jordan just to roam and do Jordan things. I'm excited to see how it affects Bojan, too, because he's been so terrific during this stretch. Tim Lacombe joining us, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst. We've seen uh, the Mavericks and the Lakers. Uh, Mark Cuban, LeBron James complain about this play-in series, but it seems to me like it is a big hit. It's got teams playing hard. The Blazers are playing hard to avoid it. The Lakers are playing hard trying to avoid it. I think the teams in it are playing hard. The Warriors have put together some good games trying to improve their odds as much as possible. Even if you're in it, if you win that first one, it's just one game, right? And you can get to seven and all that stuff. Is this here to stay? You think the NBA is loving this? I think it is. I sure have liked it. Um, the difference in, in quality of games at this time of year, you know, t- compared to prior years, is there's no comparison. Um, I think everybody started to, you know, bring everybody back in and started playing 10 day guys and really resting everyone. And honestly, there's in every spot for the most part, there's a pretty nice race. Um, and you watch games and the stars are playing and the games mean something. And I, and I think that's what the NBA was doing, even to the point where, you know, that last day was all TBD. And now they're going to play all those games within a block of time where, you know, you can't sit and watch scores and figure out how you're going to sub and that sort of thing. So I, I like it. I really like it. I don't know. I mean, for years that eight became sacred and they were in the playoffs, um, you know, it's it's just a little bit of a, a tweak to to that, and it gives more teams opportunity, and it creates excitement. It keeps um, you know the coaches and, and players invested and involved, and I think that it, all that stuff's really good for the game and fans. You speak of Boyan, and obviously it's been cool to see him turn it on, and he spoke of earlier of being in the worst slump of his lifetime, basically, or certainly as an NBA player. Uh, is it just repetition, or what is it that you think has allowed him to flourish to the level he has? Let me start by saying I love Bojan. I absolutely love watching this guy play. I went to lunch yesterday with a longtime high school coach yeah, um, that was kind of a mentor to me, and we were eating lunch together, and we started talking about the jazz and his first comments were about Boyan and just how funny he is to watch and all the little things he does. I'm, I'm a huge fan of his. I know he, he becomes a little bit of the, uh, you know, he's had, he's had some ups and downs this year. He's had, you look at his box scores and he'll go, you know, 20, 17, six, 18, 21, four, you know, uh, and it's kind of like that. And he hasn't had years like that. So, it's nice to see him in this groove he's in right now. I think there's a couple reasons why. David mentioned he's, you know, 
this year he's getting 25% less shots than he got last year. Um, so obviously you're going to, you're going to have to adjust to that. You're a scorer, you're a shooter when that ball should be in your hands from time to time. And if, you know, that that's one out of every four trips, um, you know, and you're not getting an opportunity. So that's one thing that he's adjusted to. I don't, I don't complain about that or argue about it. It's just the facts of the, the nature of this team. Um, Number two, I think his health was was really a concern. I think his wrist, you know, he had surgery. His wrist was bugging him, and he never really got that opportunity to get out and play in the offseason, you know, whatever the offseason was, three weeks or something. Uh, But then when he got back in, I think it was just kind of now he got thrown back into it, and he kind of had to do things on the fly. So I think there was a combination of, of a little bit of fear about the the injury itself, I mean, many times, I think during the season where he went to the floor, grabbed his wrist, you know, Rudy helped him up from that wrist once and about yanked it out of socket, you know, he he kind of grimaced. Um, so I think that's been part of it. He, he, in my mind, what he ended up doing to simplify things is he started being a little bit more reliant on the rim, and particularly to start games. You'll see him get down there. Um, get something in the paint or get something going to the rim. And then when he gets those wide-open threes, he's in a rhythm and he's got a little bit of confidence because he's seen that thing go in. Um, the other piece I would give just immense credit to is the coaching staff. Uh, this stuff doesn't just happen. Uh, players don't just, you know, I mean, players are driven and all that, but they coaching really is important. And the, the things that they do with those guys and the way they get them to develop and improve, um, I've seen it with every guy on the Jazz team this year. I've seen every guy take a step in one facet or the other. And um, I'm just thrilled that Bojan's where he is. Seems like a hell of a good guy. And I'm really uh, cheering for him. Hopefully the playoffs go well for him and and, um, and that he's a key cog to a long run. So if you think the coaching staff and the things that they've done during the course of the season are underrated, then I think the other thing that's underrated is what had to happen with the front office and Ryan Smith to keep Alex Jensen happy and keep him on the coaching staff because the threat of him going to the U felt very real and uh, they did some major stuff to take care of him and keep him. So that underrated and underplayed, but then you got to think that that was really important. Yeah, the front office is is, is phenomenal. Um, you know, you start to look back at how they acquired these pieces and you know, when you look at Jordan Clarkson, every time he's out there, like he gets 41. You know, you backroom deal Dante Exum out of Dodge to get him. Um, I, I think these guys have just done a great job building the team they had to build to change the narrative. Um, you know, this is a perfect built team to shoot 43 threes a game because it's, you know, you have to respect everybody that's on the floor, and then you've got perhaps the best screen and roll guy in the game, or, or certainly the best screen assist guy, as Locke would say, but that stuff's real too. I mean, Rudy, you can go try to set a screen, or you can give your entire body to a screen. And Rudy gives his entire body to a screen every single time. Um, so uh, my, my thought is the front office has, you know, it, it's been their brainchild you know, along with Quinn, but they've built this team to play exactly this way. Um, and right now, 
you know, it's a it's been really, really successful. The playoffs are a whole different thing. Um, everybody around here gets amped up, but also everybody starts to bite their fingernails. Um, my hope is we can just sit back and enjoy this thing. Um, the Jazz have worked hard to get themselves to this spot. This the front office, the coaching staff, the players. Um, maybe one of those years where whatever happens, we just get behind this team. Uh, you know, crazy stuff can happen with good mojo and energy. I know Brian Smith's a big believer in that. But, yeah, credit across the organization because uh, for what this year's been, what it's meant, um, the, the challenges with COVID, the way these guys have really kind of come together, it's, it's really an uh, inspiring story, and I hope they can just continue to play as long as possible. As always, we appreciate it, Tim. Thank you. Gentlemen, thank you. W- one last thing. I've got a – the party hounds are coming to Utah, and uh, we're going to play the tenth and eleventh. Excuse me, the ninth, tenth of July. So you guys are invited. I would love you to come. You sauna? No, you sauna a little more. We got rice knuckles. Borrowed the stage from the uh, aquarium. <laughs> no, we're, we're actually going to play a little venue down here in Provo. Uh, details to be out there soon. We're gonna play two nights of of really cool go go goes. A lot of go goes, right? That's your go-go. that's your jam. <laughs> Why is he playing the go go? They're going to the Hall of Fame. Because I motioned for him to play your band. And he, I had him queued up. Went ahead and played the Go Go's, and then we both, we both started giggling, but laughing at each other. And started go. pretty good, right? Exactly. We started work. giggling. So. The party the hounds have work. the beat. Let's be let's be clear about this. I am. I'm going downstairs. I'm going to put my house slippers on, a hat, drive to the nearest supermarket, and get me a piece of bubble gum. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> That's what that made me want to do. Thanks, Tim. We appreciate it. Bye. There's Tim Lacombe. You'll hear him Friday night, jazz pre, half, and postgame show as the Jazz take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Going to take a break, come back with the best of the postgame show. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. The Utah Jazz get beat by the Portland Trailblazers. Jazz fall at home. Now... <laughs> the the magic number stays at two, and the Suns have got another chance. Can the Jazz win their last two games? You know, just uh, we just crawl towards the finish of the season here. Let's get you the best of the post game show now on ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. It's your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK on ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Jazz lose to the Blazers last night one hundred five ninety eight. A game where they uh, Jazz had a lot of trouble putting the ball in the basket in the second half. Ran out of gas by the fourth quarter and uh, come up with the loss. Their magic number to uh, clinch uh, the top seed 
seed in the Western Conference remains at two. Uh, the Phoenix Suns play this very same uh, Portland Trailblazers team tonight. So any uh, combinations of two of the Jazz win or Phoenix loss, and uh, the Jazz will uh, seal up that top spot in the Western Conference. The Jazz have two games left, Oklahoma City tomorrow night, and then uh, wrap things up on Sunday against the Sacramento Kings. I said the odds of uh, the Jazz locking up that number one seed still very, very good. Uh, Damian Lillard had 30 last night. C.J. McCollum with uh, 26 for the Jazz. Jordan Clarkson had 29 points on 11 of 17 shooting. Uh, Rudy Gobert with 15. Joe Ingles 14. Bogdanovich 12. Niang 11. But again, the Jazz coming up short against the uh, Blazers. Let's get some uh, sound going for you. Let's start things off with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. We'll start with Kristen Kenny. Hey, Coach, you guys were rolling in that first quarter shooting nearly 60%, but then you went 22 of 63. What was Portland doing so well defensively? They were they were working hard. I think maybe the biggest thing for us is, you know, trying to stay out of a half-court game. And, you know, that you – know, I, th- I thought we fouled, and that slowed the game down because – you know, we're not able to push the ball, whether it's a make or a miss. Um, and that's what, you know, that's what we've done, done well. I think that's what we did well early. Um, but it's, you know, like I said, we, we sometimes, you know, sometimes you make or you miss. And I, I thought we got good looks and um, they just didn't go in. And that's you just got to keep grinding. Next up, Tony Jones, The Athletic. Coach, I'm wondering if, um, you know, some guys are starting to show fatigue, not overall game fatigue, but just fatigue of playing upper role in terms of Joe being, you know, the the primary ball handler, uh, Bojan being the primary scorer. Um, you know, are some of, is that catching up to you guys a little bit uh, as we head down the stretch? Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, this, this – we've played well, you know, we won five in a row at home. Um, you know, last night we took a game, we were down to the last possession. Um, you know, I, I think sometimes when the, when the ball doesn't go in, you know, it, it has an impact on you. And, and that's, you know, that's something that, you know, we always talk about trying to play through that and keep attacking. Um, but it has a tendency to kind of, um, to impact. And I think you, you, you can see that. So we just have to keep, keep at it and, uh, keep helping each other and keep playing together. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Quinn, maybe this is partly attributable to just the shots not going in, as you mentioned, but just 15 assists tonight. How did you feel about the ball movement in general? And also, do you feel like with no Don and no Mike, teams are maybe starting to catch on a little bit to how you guys are, are moving and, and operating offensively? Well, you know, I, I don't know how we'd look at it any differently if we made a couple more shots. Um, I, I, I agree that one of the key things for us, whether no matter who's there, and I, I think particularly without Don and Mike, is for the ball really to move. Um, we've talked about that and, you know, maybe whether the assists reflect that or not, you know, that could be a couple made shots that bump the assists up, but um, we know that's something we really have to be committed to doing. Uh, and it's something we got to continue to do. 
Last question, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Quinn, I think it's fair to say that the bench unit hasn't had uh, as good of a stretch recently in these last few games as they did earlier on when Mike and Donovan were first getting hurt. Uh, was that? Uh, have you seen anything different from that bench lineup recently? You know, is there anything from an execution point of view that's different, or is it just kind of outcome? You know, it, it's hard to say. Every game's a little different. Um, you know, obviously, people people begin to really prepare for you in a different way and that has an impact but um you know i, th I think the, the, the key thing for our whole group um in in this situation is to is to defend and if, if we can do that with that that bench group there's a, a few different lineups in during that time and um you know if we can we can do those things out you know obviously you're not going to have your best game every night. And, you know, these last two games we played are really competitive games with playoff implications. And, um, you know, I, I just think we're competing and that that's as much as anything, that's, that's what I want to see. And I, I think we're doing that. I think we did it the other night. Um, and even tonight with, with the ball not going in the hole, we, we, we hung in there and, it, you know, it was a, you know, a double figure game. We cut it to nine. It was right around that, you know, that, 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 that was the lead right in that area where you're, you're just keep hanging in there and a couple of shots go down and suddenly there's game pressure. We couldn't quite get to that point tonight, but um, as I said, whether, you know, to a man, um, we just need to keep competing and that that's what we've done and try to control what we can control. There's coach Quinn Snyder as the jazz lose one Oh five. Uh, to 98 to the Portland Trailblazers. Let's hear some player sound now. Start things off with Rudy Gobert. Okay, we'll start with Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Hey, Rudy, Coach was talking about how Portland was making you play in the half court. What do you do to prevent that, to counter that? I mean, try to push the bar. You know, we got to get stops first. Um you know, and try to push the pace, uh, whether it's the wings or myself and whoever got the ball, you know, try to push the pace. But they did, uh, you know, you got to give them credit. I mean, they, they made everything harder for us, um, you know, and they played very physical. You know, we, we just, uh, it was harder for us to, you know, to do what we wanted to do. Despite all that, we got some, a lot of open shots, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, on another day, we probably make those shots and uh, it's a different game, you know. So uh, I like the way we kept playing defense. We kept competing throughout the, the whole game and uh, we kept playing through a lot of fouls and uh, physicality. So it, it was a great game for us to to get better. Next up, Maxime Legorge, the free agent out of France. Hi, Rudy. Uh, what are the, the, the next idea to prevent from the mid-distance shot, to, to prevent the shoot from Immaculum and Damien Nidat? I mean, first of all, you got to give them credit, especially CJ. Uh, I mean, they name his name, but CJ, we know he's a very good scorer. And, uh, you know, tonight, uh, he made a lot, a lot, a lot of really tough shots. Um, I don't feel like he had one uncontested shot tonight. Most of them were contested. 
um, you know, and he made them. Uh, contested floaters, contested mid-range, contested threes also. Uh, you know, you got to give them credit when credit is due. Uh, you know, despite all that, they still, you know, score 105 points, which is, you know, on a game when they made a lot of tough shots, it's still, I still feel like we did a good job defensively. Uh, you know, there's always things we could have done better, but, uh, you know, I think we we made their life uh, a little tough and, you know, they had to, you know, make some tough shots and that's what they did. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Rudy, obviously you guys have had a while to play without Don and Mike at this point, but teams have also now kind of had a while to see how you play without those two. Do you feel like teams are starting to kind of, you know, figure out the counters to what you guys are doing, given that you're down, you know, two all-stars at this point? Uh, definitely. You know, definitely. I mean, you, you can feel that the teams watch what other teams do, you know, and uh, and uh, they usually try to replicate it uh, their, their way. Uh, you know, that's what, you know, the NBA does. That's what every team does. And, uh, and obviously, you know, when you miss your two leading scorers, um, you know, it makes, uh, I want to say it makes it a little easier on team to, on teams to, um, to prepare for us, you know, and that's why we, we saw how to guard with, with everybody is because we got so many weapons. Uh, and when those guys are not here, uh, you know, the defense can really focus on, on, you know, Joe Boy and Jordan and, uh, you know, and, and make our, make their life tougher, you know, and, uh, you know, it's, I think it's great for us, you know, to go through that phase right now, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, and it just makes us better. And, you know, I think despite all that, we still played, uh, uh, for the most part of the game, I think we played the right way. You know, we, when the ball was moving, uh, you know, we had a lot of wide open shots, you know, I had a few things at the rim I could have finished. Um, and once again, it was a really physical game. You know, we could have been on the line a few more times, but uh, you know that's what's going to be for. That's what's going to be during the playoffs. You know, we we're not going to expect anything. And uh, having those type of games right now, I think it's really good for us. You know, to to understand that uh, we can also raise our physicality defensively. Uh, because not a lot of things are going to get called, so it's it's on us to you know get into that playoff mode and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, keep, keep fighting through it, keep getting better every night. All right. We have time for one last question. This will be from Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Really kind of piggybacking off that a little bit without Don and Mike, have you felt a little bit more of a responsibility maybe to be a constant for the team and be a little bit more of a, a vocal leader as they've been out? I feel like I have this responsibility every night. You know, my, my role is the same, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, and when, when those guys are not here, you know, I think obviously we play a different, a different type of basketball, but uh, for me, uh, I come in every single night trying to, you know, uh, be the best leader I can be for this team and, and, and anchor this team defensively and, and be a force offensively and get my teammates open, you know, and, uh, um, you know, obviously, like I said, you know, everything is always a little harder when you're missing some guys. But, uh, 
you know every night uh, is a challenge for us every night is an opportunity for for us to get better and uh, hopefully you know we get these guys back really soon but uh you know we we gonna embrace every opportunity that we have you know and and we have young guys that don't get a lot of minutes that you know uh that are learning through these you know through these big games and you know and uh for them, it can only be helpful. There's Rudy Gobert. He had 15 points. He had 20 boards. Rudy dominant on the on the boards last night. Even though the Jazz came up just a little bit short. Let's now hear from Boyan Bogdanovich. Uh, we'll get started here. We have uh, Matthew Coles with AP. First up, Boyan in the third and the fourth quarters. You only uh, the, your team only had one basket uh, in the first seven or eight minutes. What made it so difficult to score there in the second half, especially the first of each quarter? I mean, beginning of the third quarter, I was I was kind of looking more to get uh, to get it to the foul line, and then I couldn't get any any call. So I did get when I what I wanted, but I was. I was kind of out of out of the game. I was not in a, in the right mood, basically. And then I think that JC is pretty one, pretty more the the only one that uh, that came out like offensively with the right mindset. So, all right. Next up, Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Bogey usually being the number one or the number two seed is an advantage. But do you look at it that way now, considering that there's this play-in tournament? No, of course. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty pretty good teams in in the play-in tournament. So we got a we got a secure number one spot. We got a, still left two games. We got a, we got to win both of both of them, and and then we're gonna see after that who we gonna who we gonna play. But whoever we play is gonna be it's gonna be a tough matchup. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Bogey, are you and JC kind of starting to feel the effects of being, you know, going from being like the second or third or fourth options normally to now being one and two with with Mike and Don out as many games as they have been? Are are you finding teams like really kind of challenging guys like you and Joe more? I mean, of, of course, they were they were trying to to double to double JC for a for a whole game, so. So they didn't they didn't allow him to hit any any wide open looks. They were trying to top block my, my my pin downs and, and and send me to the to the rim and weak me on a on a pick and roll. So they are every every team is trying to to prepare the game. Same like like we are we are trying to pre- prepare game against against them. So it's 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 normal that it, that they're gonna throw different looks and different defense on on on, on us right now. Next, we have Juan Baraco with Salimo out of Uruguay. Hola, Boyan. Um, three games until playoff basketball. Is it frustrating for you uh, personally, like to struggle as a team, uh, especially in the fourth quarter, or is it just one more game and you're not so worried about it? Thank you. I mean, I think that we did a pretty, pretty good job. What we, what we are looking at here, it's, it's our defense. It's hundred, hundred five points uh, against the team that has been number one offensively last, last ten, fifteen games. So I think we did a, we did a good job overall. But we couldn't, we couldn't hit any, any shot. Unfortunately, like I said, JC was the, was the only one that they were, 
was getting getting buckets. So, like I said, overall, I mean, we had a we had a pretty pretty good game defensively. That's the that's the one positive thing from uh, from this game. There's Boyan Bogdanovich. He had 12 points, four rebounds in the loss last night. Let's wrap up the sound portion with Jordan Clarkson. We will start with Sarah Todd, Desert News. Jordan, while Mike and Don have been out, do you feel how important is it that Rudy has been a constant? I mean, I know how important all three of them are, but that he's been a constant there for you and that you still have one of you know the vocal leaders on this team there for you every night. Uh, it's, it's big for us, uh, especially defensively. Uh, with him back there talking, um, still making plays on the ball and rebounding, uh, that's definitely big for us. Um, but, yeah, it's, he's been a definitely big help, um, you know, contributing to, to what we're doing. Kristen Kenny Jazz TV is next. JC, number one, do you feel teams are really – getting to know you or know you so well at this point and how are they guarding you now? Um, I mean, I've been seeing a lot of double teams, um, you know, top blocking, denying. I've seen everything uh, this second half of the season. Uh, but it's good, though. I, I like the challenge. Um, it's good. I'm seeing it uh, in the regular season. Uh, so if teams try to do it in the playoffs, I'm ready for it. Starting to get a little bit more comfortable because I'm getting more reps at it. Uh, teams are doing a lot of things. Um, but, yeah, I'm continuing to get to my spots, uh, trying to make plays and, and score the ball when I'm in there. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Jordan, just wanted to kind of follow up on that. With, you know, Don and Mike having been out for as long as they have been now and, you know, you having to step up offensively and Bogey having to step up and, uh, you know, Joe having to take on more responsibility. Are you seeing teams, you know, kind of be able to throw a little more at you three defensively? And, and you know, what kind of impact did that have tonight? Um, yeah, I mean, you see a lot of teams doing different things. Like I said, they blitzing, switching, just doing all kind of things, you know, trying to get the ball out of, uh, you know, us, us three playmakers' hands and um, – you know, we're still doing a good job of making a play, getting in the paint, scoring the ball. But, um, you know, it's definitely – both of those guys have missed so much. Um, you know, you see a lot more of um, – you know, I'm <laughs> I'm not in catch-and-shoot situations anymore as much. Um, you know, I'm on the ball a lot trying to make plays and stuff, as well as Joe um, and as well as Boyan. So, um, they, those two guys – um, definitely come in and make big plays and break the defense down and, you know, do things that, um, you know, a lot of a lot of teams don't have. So, um, definitely those guys are missed. We can't wait to get them back healthy um, and ready to kick this thing off for the playoffs. So, um, you know, you'll see a really good team at that time as well. I think we're doing fine right now, um, holding the anchor down, but uh, we definitely miss those guys. There's Jordan Clarkson, 29 points for Jordan, 11 of 17 shooting, four rebounds, three assists. And you heard Jordan talk about how he's uh, handling the ball so much more. Of course, he, Joe Ingles, both handling the ball so much more with no Donovan Mitchell uh, or Michael Conley. Jazz lose to the Blazers, 105-98. Next up for the Utah Jazz, Oklahoma City coming up tomorrow night on the road. That game will tip off at 6 o'clock. Pre-game coverage will begin at 5. There's the best of the post-game show. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines are on the way. Stay with us. Yes.